Check one, two, one, tiggity, 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 two. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Podbean.com, the Podbean app, or wherever you stream your podcast. Um, so it's been kind of a crazy last, I don't know, 48 hours or so-ish. And well, it's just a lot to dive into, but first let's dive into coffee. Yes, that's right. Coffee. One of the Truly motivating drinks here at the Tyler Morgan Show. And for the best coffee for me, I go to American Pride Roasters. So many great choices of coffee, and many of them are named for American heroes, American founders, uh, people over on other platforms who are just absolutely awesome to listen to and believe in freedom. Uh, so if you're looking for a Bold in your face cup of coffee. Maybe you want to go with uh, the the uh, the Thomas Paine, and you know, go with the Age of Reason and abandon common sense. And that's like one hundred percent robusta beans. They're just like bam, all kinds of bold caffeine flavor right in the face. Maybe you you're wanting something sweeter, a little fruity. Um. If you listen to Mojo Five O and you've heard the name Ron Phillips, maybe you want to give Ron's sexual chocolate a try. It's got hints of chocolate and raspberry. So many great flavors to choose from over there. Um, I don't know if they're running K cups a lot right now because with rebuilding after the tornado, but they're still working on trying to get those amazing products out to you as quick as they can and. Everyone over there is working their tails off. So go to American Pride Roasters. Check out their selection of coffees. Again, if you want something bold and coffee or maybe a little lighter, a little fruitier, they have it there. Check it out. American Pride Roasters. Historically great coffee. All right. So jumping into it. Oh my goodness. I don't even know where to start. Um, I would just like to address the uh, breaking story out of Texas where uh, YouTube commentators such as Alex Stein have gotten to a little bit of a kerfuffle with um, the 
who, what should we call him? I believe Tucker Carlson referred to him as I patch McCain. Uh, because Dan Crenshaw was going into the Texas GOP conference and Alex Stein, as well as others were confronting him on issues such as his ties to the world economic forum is, uh, advocacy for red flag laws. Uh, Mediaite released an article. I didn't print it up. I read through it. And they, they were, they were assaulted. Well, I didn't see any assaults happen either on staffers or the congressman himself. However, I did see from one point of view, um, there was definitely a guy with the camera who was being accosted. Oh, he was being physically assaulted by staffers and security there at the venue and, you know, trying to you know, push cameras out of hands while people are trying to you know, get cameras up and shout their questions and concerns to uh, the congressman. But it'd be kind of can't wait to see how more of this shakes out. Cause again, this is a, a rapidly breaking story. So it was kind of, you know, didn't have full details at the time, but I, I I just think it's crazy that if you are a sitting congressman and you're being confronted by people who are, you know, your constituents, shouldn't you address their concerns? This goes back a couple months to where he was asked at a town hall by a, you know, 12 year old girl about podcast comments he had made comparing uh, Jesus to Superman. And the question itself was nothing disrespectful, nothing, you know, confrontational, just like, hey, can you explain this? And he got his panties in such a twist over it that he was. Dressing down a 12-year-old. You don't have the right to ask me about my religion, about my faith. Well, you're the one who represented the faith with your comments. Would you care to elaborate? Maybe we misunderstood you. Maybe you misspoke. You you said it inartfully, I believe is how they would describe Barack Obama saying something stupid. But he didn't. He yelled at a 12-year-old girl and made himself look like a jackass. But, you know, you you can't win them all. It is what it is. But, yeah, just, I said, that happened today. And I'm sure there'll be more coming out as we go along. But really, what I would love to get some more answers to is why was the guy behind triumph the insult comic dog arrested at the Capitol. Well, I say at the Capitol. He wasn't in the Capitol. He was in one of the congressional office buildings. Well, all, all sorts of craziness. Apparently I've got all my stories all mixed around. Oh my goodness. 
All right. So on Thursday, U.S. Capitol Police arrested a group of staffers with CBS's The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I'm not going. I'm not going to give him the pleasure of Colbert. He's from. You know, he's from, you know, North Carolina. He's not, he may be a French ancestry, but he lived his entire life as Stephen Colbert and only changed his pronunciation to Colbert when he started with uh, one of those comedy troops out of uh, Chicago. Anyways. Late night with Stephen Colbert after they allegedly illegally entered a U.S. House of Representatives office building on Thursday night, Fox News has learned. Oh, yeah, by the way, this uh, article is from Fox News. So, you know, you know, being, uh, you know, open and honest about where I'm getting my sources from. So it is Uh, the group of seven people were arrested in the Longworth House office building after being escorted out of the the January 6th committee hearing earlier in the day because they did not have proper press credentials, according to sources. Uh, the same group resurfaced later on Thursday night after Capitol Complex was closed to the public visitors, and Fox News told that they took videos and pictures around the offices of two Republican members of Congress, uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Senior source in the U.S. House of Representatives told Fox News that seven individuals associated with, Col- with Colbert's show were arrested. The group was unescorted and charged with illegal entry to House office buildings after hours. Fox told that the late show Stephen Colbert team applied to get press credentials for the Jan 6 hearing, but House Radio TV Gallery rejected the request because they are not considered news, as well it should be. The issue didn't go go to the Radio TV Correspondence Association, which usually handles credentialing. In addition to regular Capitol Hill press pass, a special overlay is required for members of the press who want to be in the room for the Jan 6 committee hearings. Recap, the group that was arrested, they applied for for press passes and credentials. They didn't get them because they're not considered news because they work for a comedy show. Shocker. And for anyone wanting to be in on the January 6th hearings from the press, they have to have a special, you know, additional credentialing to go in. But members of Colbert's team could have been in the House office buildings if they were invited, which they were. Uh, Fox told that Colbert's team conducted interviews early on Thursday with members of the Jan 6 community, including, shocker, Congressman Adam Schiff and Stephanie Murphy of Florida. They also interviewed Congressman Jake Alkenklaus. Alkenklaus? I don't I don't speak German. Uh, when Capitol Police brought members of Colbert's team at the Jan 6 committee area, they were schooled away and left the House office building. At some point, they were let back into the Longworth House office building sometime after 4 p.m. by an aide to Alkenklaus and were a unattended for several hours. Sources tell Fox News the aide believed the group had more interviews to do. Sources tell Fox News the group apparently roamed the House office buildings while they were unattended for hours. 
U.S. Capitol Police told Fox in a statement that received a call for disturbance in the Longworth office building at 8.30 p.m. on Thursday and said the additional charges could be filed. On June 16, 2022, approximately 8.30 p.m., U.S. Capitol Police received a call for disturbance at Longworth House office building. Responding officers observed seven individuals unescorted and without congressional ID in a six-floor hallway. The building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be a part of a group that had been directed by the USCP to leave the building earlier in the day. They were charged with unlawful entry. This is an active criminal investigation and may result in additional criminal charges after consultation with the U.S. attorney. A spokesperson for CBS told Fox News that Triumph, the insult comic dog, was on site at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday and Thursday to record interviews for a comedy segment on behalf of The Late Show and said the interviews were authorized and prearranged with congressional aides. Okay, that is one thing. If they were authorized and scheduled and allowed to be there doing certain things, that's understandable. Now, now I've got another article that goes more into this, but the problem is they didn't just do that. A spokesperson said the members of the production team stayed to film stand-ups and other comedy elements in the halls when they were detained. Yeah, they were doing things illegally because they didn't have a pass. That's why they were detained. On Wednesday, June 15th, and Thursday, June 16th, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog was on site at the Capitol with the production team to record interviews for a comedy segment on behalf of The Late Show. Their interviews at the Capitol were authorized and prearranged through congressional aides of the members interviewed. After leaving the members' offices on their last interview of the day, the production team stayed to film stand-ups and other final comedy elements in the halls when they were detained by Capitol Police. Colbert has not publicly commented on the arrest, and his show was a rerun on Friday night. Yeah, so, shocker, after January 6th, when people were, you know, being arrested for walking Sometimes walking quietly, sometimes walking loudly through the hall through the halls of Congress itself, not even the office buildings. Not the buildings where they have here, you know, committee hearings and all the other hoopla that goes on where their private offices are. But you have a group of individuals who think, oh, this is going to be funny. We're going to record these. We're going to trespass for four hours and be unescorted. Which the age for, for Alkenslos or Ochenslos or Oshkoshbagosh, whatever his name is. Oh, well, uh, we thought they had more interviews to do. No, you didn't. I guarantee you, these people, these people for Oshkosh Bagosh knew these, they were going to be roaming the halls unescorted. And even if they knew, because they came in at like four in the afternoon, if they did interviews for a couple hours, then that means they were roaming the halls without an escort for that long. 
going around beating on doors. I guarantee you there are aides in those offices for, uh, you know, minority leader, what's his noodle? And, or Congresswoman Bobert, who they were very upset that there's people beating on a door, hooping and hollering in the hallways. And that is, that's the reason why the cops were called. But there are a lot of questions that need to be asked, especially of aides like Adam Schiff, who let them, who, you know, got them in without press credentials, or at least let them wander over to, you know, the area outside the January 6th hearings without credentials. And, you know, you know, Oshkosh over at the other building. Who, okay, maybe maybe he participated in a couple interviews, but then his aides just said, oh, okay, well, you got other interviews to do? Okay, just go on. Don't worry about it. Just go where you need to and get in and out. But lawmakers are, are already demanding answers on the arrest of these uh, employees of the Late Show. When Once Congress resumes next week, uh, days after Democrats on the House committee called on Congressman Barry Loudermilk to answer questions about a tour he gave the day before the Capitol riot. Several people, including CBS employees who worked for Colbert's late night program were arrested. Yeah, that would be a, the triumph puppeteer, Robert Smigel, uh, not credentials to be walking around without an escort house. Congressman tells Fox news. Others arrested include Colbert writer, Josh Comers, and associate producer Allison Martinez. The group was cleared into the complex by staffers for Jake Oshkosh Bagosh and committee member Adam Schiff, which again, I said in the previous article, they can be admitted by invitation. But I'm sure there are lots of preconditions like, hey, you will not just go wherever you will. You know, if you go anywhere besides where you're invited or when you come into the complex, you have to have an escort. Anywhere you go in the building, you have to be escorted because, you know, it's a government facility and you are guests in our facility. We understand you're the taxpayer own it, but. You know, we just want to make sure the people who work here are safe. Uh, the group reportedly banged on doors. Several Republican offices include, you know, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, and Lauren Boebert. They allegedly filmed a skit for Colbert's late show program that was to center around January 6th hearings. Congressman Rodney Davis of Illinois, ranking member on the House Committee on Administration, which has jurisdiction over Capitol Police and House Chamber Operations, uh, told Jesse Waters primetime Friday he will demand answers when Congress returns next week. Davis noted the Colbert Group visited the same buildings as those on Congressman Loudermilk's, Congressman Loudermilk's heavily scrutinized January 5th tour. Over the day, uh, Colbert Group was milling around an area of the Cannon House office building being used for media staging, staging during January 6th committee hearings after reportedly being helped in by members of Schiff's team. 
So maybe Schiff's team wanted them to make it in there. Don't know. Wouldn't put it past it. Wouldn't put it past the old balloon head to do it. But I said, that's speculation. And speculation is not what we do here. I lie. I I speculate a lot. It's kind of half the show. The other half is comprised of reading news articles and drinking bourbon. Mmm, Woodford Reserve. Can't get enough. So Davis said they were later ejected by members of the press who had them escorted. So even then, it was members of the press who were like, um, these guys don't belong here. So when members of the press throw you out, apparently you're not not getting very far in life. I'm just saying. It's my understanding they were offered a way back into the house office buildings by a staffer from uh, Oshkosh Bagosh. So I say because I can't pronounce his last name. I don't speak German. As they traveled to Longworth, where Republican Congress, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's office is located. Davis knows the only individuals ultimately arrested for cap, by Capitol Police for illegally touring house buildings were, were Smigel or Schmeagle. Maybe it's Schmeagle. Maybe it's the original uh, name for uh, Gollum. Schmeagle. <laughs> Kim said, so overalls and manure let those people roam. I thought these people were afraid of being attacked. Yeah, they're afraid of being attacked when it suits them to be scared. That is plainly evident. That's not even really speculation there because, again, depending on who it is, they don't care. Oh, look, Donald Trump, he had to go hide in the basement at the White House because the people were protesting outside. Um, Like 60 cops were injured, not even cops, uniformed secret service were injured by people throwing stones and literally attacking stuff around the White House. Joe Biden got rushed to a secure area because a Cessna flew over flew over the beach house in Delaware. I mean, come on. Anywho's, a house aide also pointed out the arrest came on the 50th anniversary of the infamous break-in of the Democratic National Committee's then headquarters at the Watergate complex on the other side of Washington, D.C. In total, nine individuals, including Colbert senior producer Jake Plunkett, reportedly were taken into custody and spent one night in jail. Wait, so these guys spent one night in jail for trespassing, but we have people who they didn't engage in any violence on January 6th, who have been in jail for almost 18 months for parading. Well, it's the day democracy almost died, man. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't... You can't have D.C. judges, D.C. police, 
you know, locking people away, you know, in solitary confinement for 18 months. But meanwhile, you have people do essentially the same thing, just not, you know, accompanying a riot. They wander around the halls of, uh, of one of the congressional office buildings for four hours unescorted, cutting up, being loud, banging on doors. They spend one night in jail for a federal misdemeanor while you have other people charged with federal misdemeanors who have been locked away and thrown away the key and they haven't even been under been on a trial yet. Where are we in this freaking world? Davis is one of the lawmakers tapped by McCarthy to sit as a minority member on the committee until House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made the unprecedented unprecedented decision to deny appointees Jordan and James Banks clearance to sit on the panel. In response, McCarthy pulled his entire slate of appointees and characterized both the process and the committee as a farce. Later, Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger both who just absolutely love the D, by the way. They they cherish the D. They they co- they cozy up to the D whenever they get the chance. All because we ain't gonna Trump. Forget their country. We hate Donald Trump. Loudermilk, the Republican lawmaker under fire for giving the January 5th tour recently rebuffed claims that he was involved in or sanctioned any nefarious behavior. Uh, Committee Chairman Benny Thompson of Mississippi countered the behavior of the folks on Loudermilk's tour raised concerns about their activity and intent. But Capitol Police Chief Chief J. Thomas Manger recently wrote in a letter to Davis wrote in a letter to Davis, his department does not consider any of the activities we observed as suspicious. Huh, weird. And here's the thing. The day that Loudermilk was supposed to be on on that committee talking about the, the infamous tour that he led, how dare he show these people around these buildings because they're using it for evil. The day that that letter was released, that's what's supposed to be the next January 6th uh, show trial. I mean, televised primetime hearing. I almost screwed that one all up. But when that letter came out, Oddly enough, oh, well, uh, the, the production team just works so hard and, and it is just so much that they need a break. Well, that was one story. Uh, Kinzinger said something completely different. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it's just like, wait, let, let's make up our minds here. Are we canceling this because? The production team needs a break because they're just working their poor little tails off so hard that, oh my gosh, geez, we, we, need, we need a breather. Or was it whatever dumb excuse Kensinger had? 
I'm willing to bet money that it had more to do with the stamming evidence that shows Congressman Loudermilk was leading these insurgents to do these insurgency things and 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 scope out the security and point find the metal detectors and blah blah blah. I think that that was debunked by their own chief of police. It's kind of the reason why they canceled that big airing. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. All right. So getting back into it. Um, yeah, the, the, more insanity over the bread and circuses that come from January 6th. It just get it. It was not good. People were dumb. People did dumb crap. Did Donald Trump knowingly instigate it? I don't know. I frankly don't care. The reason I don't care is the fact that the left has their own politicians who are on camera calling for violence, calling for confrontation, making threats. You know, you have, you have mayor, you have mayor carp face up in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who is saying that the, you know, rainbow jihad needs, needs to take up arms. And a few weeks later, you have some nut job from California flies to D.C. And before he can kill a Supreme Court justice, he has a rational moment and he calls the police on himself and turns himself in. We are headed for a hot civil war. And there are some who are saying that we're already there. 
Now, I don't think we're already there. These are these are the uh, right now we're in the skirmishes between Kansas and Missouri that preceded the Civil War. I'm still I'm deathly afraid that we're going to have another congressman or senator beaten to within an inch of their life on the floor of Congress in the well of the Senate and the party that the attacker belongs to will not do anything. That's what I worry about. But anyways, now with January 6th, I've I've got to squeeze I've got to squeeze three more stories in here. Because, well, you know, it's my format. I try to get as much as I can the first half split out. Sometimes stuff that you just gotta get, you know, get in depth on. So, anywho's we as Republicans, as conservatives, we know that the GOP hates us. <laughs> we know the GOP hates us more than the Democrats hate us. What's that saying something? Well, as more and more as more proof of this happens, Rand Paul yet again put up, you know, a proposal to the Senate to reduce spending to 2019 levels. He's not trying for some crazy, scary Calvin Coolidge cut all federal spending by 50%. And then next year, we're going to cut it all by another 25%. We're not talking this. He's talking going back three years and reducing spending to that level. Well, (laughs) well, this is a... This is coming from Zero Hedge, you old Tyler Durden over there. Every few years, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul puts forth a quixotic proposal to balance the federal budget. It's not the financial math that makes it a daunting task, but rather Washington's bipartisan addiction to spending. It predictably fails each time, but accomplishes two things in the process. First, it puts senators who've espoused fiscal discipline on the record as opposing it when the rubber meets the road. Second, over time, Paul's proposals illustrate the insidious effect of kicking the can down the road, as each new proposal requires bigger cuts to push Uncle Sam to break even. His first budget resolution in 2011 didn't even cut spending. By merely freezing it for five years, the budget was projected to reach balance this year. 2018, the penny plan, which would balance the budget in five years by cutting just one cent out of every non-social security dollar for five consecutive years. In 2019, the government's worsening fiscal condition forced the penny plan to become the pennies plan, when the five-year plan now requiring consecutive two cents per dollar for five years. But things have gotten worse. In just the two years since Paul's last proposal, federal overlords have added an astounding $11 trillion to the national debt. And keep in mind, this is multiple... This is multiple parties here. Donald Trump signing off on the spending because he was trying to avoid a shutdown. And now you have Democrats in charge of everything. And... 
and they don't care. Drunken sailors, ha, ha, ha. Drunken sailors ain't got nothing on the U.S. Congress. Bernie Sanders railed against what he described as massive cuts to programs that the American people need. However, as Paul noted in his own remarks, all this plan does is return to 2019 spending levels. If the federal government spent 2019 levels this year, we would have a $388 billion surplus. Measure was defeated by a 67-29 vote. Faithful to their big government values, no Democrats backed the measure, including the heroes of the Democratic Party or the Republican heroes in the Democrats right now, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. However, 17 fiscally conservative Republicans voted against it. Yeah, yes, my retiring Senator Roy Blunt. Senator Boozman from Arkansas. Richard Burr of North Carolina, Capito from West Virginia, Suzanne Collins, Susan Collins from Maine, big shocker, John Cornyn, the retired federal judge from Texas, Lindsey Graham, Jim Inhofe, oh, shocker, Mitch McConnell, shocker, Lisa Murkowski, shocker, Rod Portman from Ohio. Browns of South Dakota, Ben Sass, yeah, the, the hyper-libertarian who just went round and round with Donald Trump because Donald Trump's so bad, so statist. Ben Sass of Nebraska. Shelby from Alabama, John Thune of South Dakota. What a shock. Tom Tillis of North Carolina and Young from Indiana. There's so many of these guys on here who they made their name by Opposing big spending, but now, oh, we just gotta keep bringing home the bacon for for our states, you know. Dodging Paul's intent to put everyone's true fiscal colors on the record, four Republicans skipped the vote altogether. Danes of Montana, Moran from Kansas, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, and Wicker from Mississippi. And it's just getting worse and worse. Is the more they continue to spend and to build on spending because it would be one thing to have an omnibus bill that said, okay, this is not a budget, but we're going to stick to last year's spending period. End of story vote on it, but they don't, they get these, they get these continuing resolutions and then they go, Oh, okay. We're going to keep spending this, but now we're going to add this on top of it. It's ridiculous. And this is why we need actual conservatives running for these seats. Uh, I remember after January 6th, I was talking about, you know, with uh, Andrew Heaton. You can go back and listen to that episode that, you know, we do need outsiders, people who aren't corrupt. And he was adamant that, well, we, we, we have to have people know how the system works. Well, here's the thing. If the system has gotten so big that you cannot get populist outsiders to come in and fix things because 
Oh, they just don't know how it works. You got to have the people know how it works. If you have people, if you can only have people who knows how the sausage is made, they can put whatever the hell they want into the sausage because they don't have a third party who, wait, that doesn't look right. Do we really need to throw a rat in the sausage grinder? It's ridiculous. Now, all right. Now, we got a big story here. I could have led off with this and done the whole first half of the show on this topic, but I'm I'm going to do my best to cram it in there. That's what Lindsey Graham said. Um, okay. So we all know that Disney has gone woke. They're so woke now that, oh, well, you know what? Because uh, Ron DeSantis said you can't teach kindergartners to third graders about sexual orientation or sexuality or sex in general. Uh, We're going to put the deleted same-sex kiss between Buzz Lightyear and some other dude. We're going to put that back in the movie. They're so woke that they left that in the movie and, you know, countries that have a bad habit of killing the gay people, UAE, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, these countries, it's like, uh, you know what? If you're going to have that in the movie, um, yeah, you're not showing it in our country. Sorry. They took the hit from those countries because... Ah, this is just so important to us. Well, you know what's more important to them than showing two men or two women kissing in a kid's movie? Money from China, because they love the Chinese money. They love that China money. Disney has recently refused to cut a gay kissing scene from their newest animated movie, Lightyear, despite bowing to Chinese censors multiple times over the last few years. Yes, that's right. If it involves the Chinese censors, we gotta... If the Chinese censors had come out and said, uh, you know, put that... They, I don't want to do that. That would be speed wrong. If they'd come out and said, hey, take that scene out of the movie or else you're not showing it in China, guess what? They would have cut that scene for release in China and everyone else would have still gotten the gay kissy scene. Because China, oh my gosh, Disney has just, they've got their lips sunk to the hilt around that Chinese money. I don't know why they have their lips sunk to the hilt around Chinese money, but they certainly do. I, I believe they, that, I believe that Disney believes that they will be, showered with pearl necklaces as long as they keep their lips around the Chinese money. On Friday, Malaysia's film censorship board said it was Disney's decision to axe the animated movie Lightyear from the country after refusing to cut scenes that promote homosexuality. Huh. Weird. Disney has been slammed for the hypocritical support of... Wow. Daily Mail UK. Leave it to the Brits to leave have even this horrible of grammar. It's like their teeth. But Disney has been slammed for their hypocritical support of homosexuality while they fail to condemn 
the genocide of Uyghurs and bow to the country's censorship request. Officially, the Communist Party only allows 34 film, foreign films per year. Let's print up all kinds of weirdness. Only allows 34 foreign films per theatrical release each year. The harsh crackdown in 2021 made it harder than ever to secure Chinese release for big blockbusters. There was a Simpsons episode on Tiananmen Square that does not exist in Disney+. Plus. Now that Disney owns the rights to The Simpsons, they axed the episode. Last November, an episode of The Simpsons that featured a joke about Tiananmen Square disappeared from Disney Plus in Hong Kong. First aired in 2005, the 12th episode of season 16 shows the family traveling to China where Marge's sister Selma tries to adopt a baby, stopping at Tiananmen Square, the site of the deadly 1989 crackdown against democracy protesters. The cartoon shows a sign that reads, On this site, 1989, nothing happened. A nod to China's campaign to purge memories of the massacre. It then shows Selma standing before a tank, referencing the famous photo from Tiananmen Crackdown of a lone man standing in front of the tank. The episode also contains pointed comments about Tibet, where Beijing has been accused of religious oppression, and the Cultural Revolution, a devastating period of upheaval in the last decade of Mao Zedong's rule. And obviously, Mulan was filmed in the same region where they have Uyghur camps. The Disney's live-action film Mulan 2020 is filmed in Xinjiang, with Uyghur internment camps edited out of the background. Disney officially thanked Xinjiang's CCP officials in the credits of the movie. The thank you prompted a boycott of Disney. And it just keeps going on. Doctor Strange accused of casting white Tilda Swinton to play the Tibetan character to avoid upsetting China. Yes, that's right. Tilda Swinton is guilty of culturally appropriating a Tibetan character, all so they wouldn't upset China. Marvel screenwriter C. Robert Cargill claimed Tilda Swinton was hired for the traditionally male and Asian mystical mentor, the ancient one, because the comic book character comes from a region of the world that is in a very weird political place. Yeah, so if you ever wonder why Tilda Swinton was playing someone who dresses very obviously Asian when she's not Asian, it's not that she's culturally appropriating, it's just that to kiss China's butt and release the movie over there, they had to change her up. Uh, let's see. Disney's 2021 blockbuster, Shang-Chi, was not released in mainland China despite starring Chinese superhero because of the 2017 tweets from star Simu Liu where he called China a third world country. In May, China officially banned the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. No formal reason given for the ban. The movie had outraged Chinese Communist Party by including a brief shot showing a newspaper rack for the Epoch Times, 
which is highly critical of the party. It just, it just goes on and on all the times that Disney just like bent over backwards for, yeah, they haven't been over backwards. It's like, oh, there's a table. Let me just bend over for this Chinese money. Yes, Chinese money. They're, they're all about the Chinese money. And the potential of pearl necklaces coming from said Chinese money. Ahem. Oh, it's ridiculous. And people wonder, why, why did Disney have to do this, man? I don't know. They just... It's the same thing with the NBA, the largest film market, the largest market for basketball is a country with 1 billion people. Is a, is a centrally planned economy where, yeah, 34 foreign films a year. And I guarantee you these films are way higher quality than anything that's getting made in China. And the Chinese people want to see them. And it's, it's, it don't be wrong. Capitalism good. But if you are ignoring horrible, horrible ways that the people of a country are being treated because you're after that, after that country's famous, famously, famously small D Money, Chinese money is really small. It's, it's like stereotypical how small the Chinese money is. I, I, I can't explain it. But, yeah, they just want the money because it doesn't, they don't care. It's like, oh, we have, to, we have to ignore what happened at Tiananmen Square. We're just going to get this from, uh, keep this from being seen in a show. It's aired in Hong Kong. Okay, we'll do it. We we hate to give up the money by you know, being honest about historical events that happened in that country. <sighs> and speaking of people who Disney is mad at, let's go with Ron DeSantis. In fact, uh, when I found this on Spin Quark, um, the Spin Quark leak said it is DeSantis is worse than Trump season already. Well, here is how scary he is. He has gotten a two-page write-up in Business Insider because DeSantis is a very dangerous individual because he has already absorbed all the lessons of Trump but doesn't have any of the baggage an expert on fascism argues. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is best placed to take Trump's place as a 2024 GOP presidential nominee. An expert on, authorita on authoritarianism told, told Business Insider that's because he's learned all of Trump's lessons. Yes, because he tried his best to keep the state out of people's businesses in Florida. He was one of the first states to reopen because and to not have COVID mandates, you know, he got rid of mask mandates. He's like, uh, jab mandate, screw you. Very fascistic of him. 
The expert added that DeSantis doesn't have the baggage of Trump and could rally voters. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis could be GOP's natural successor to the former, pre- the former President Donald Trump as 2024 presidential candidate, and he doesn't come with Trump's drama. An expert on authoritarianism, I can't talk. I haven't even completed one glass of bourbon. An expert on authoritarianism told Insider. Ruth, Ruth Ben-Ghiat is a historian at New York University and the author of the book, Strongmen, Mussolini to the Present. Apparently, I'm willing to bet she ignored FDR. She has studied the backsliding of democracy from the U.S. to Russia and elsewhere. In a wide-ranging interview, she told the insider that in live January 6th hearings, Trump might have to be prosecuted in order to save American democracy. Ah, yes. Not because he possibly committed any crimes, but to save democracy. We must punish this man to save the democracy. Even though we can't prove he did anything wrong, we must be punished. In that context, she said that DeSantis could take his place as a populist nominee. Okay, populism and fascism tend to not go hand in hand. But what do we find in history is prosecution in the longer term is one of the only things that deflates these guys. Personality cults. Because those cults are found on the idea that they are invincible. They are infallible. Now, if that does happen to Trump, DeSantis has already absorbed all the lessons of Trump. Yes, because forget the, uh, ah, Joe Biden doesn't, doesn't have cognitive decline. He stutters. Right. Being able to recall words and make a word come out of your mouth when you've already recalled it are two different things. Ben Giat has written several essays making her argument. He's clearly readying himself for a national run, whether it's in 2024 or, or later. And he's a very dangerous individual. He's dangerous because he is equally repressive, but, but doesn't have the baggage of Trump. It, it, it's hard to have the baggage of Trump. DeSantis has recently signed the con- signed controversial bills like Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, which limits teachers' curriculum around, very specific here, sexual orientation and gender identity in grades kindergarten through third, and the Stop Woke Act, which restricts how race is discussed in workplaces, schools, and colleges. Because, yes, let's, ha- let's have it to where all white people are evil. Black people are good. Brown people are good. Indigenous people are all good, and they never do anything wrong. Because I'm pretty sure that would be racist if you said that. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. He also implemented an Office of Election Crimes and Security, rankling voting rights advocates. Oh, my God. Office of Election Crimes and Security. He's wanting to protect the sanctity of the elections. Oh, my. DeSantis, who has raised $124 million, has recently denied that he'll run 2024, insisting he's focused on his own race in 2022. Which he should be. He can get reelected this year and then come out next year and say he's running for president. It's not hard. 
kind of easy to game plan. Anyways, and as we also learned this week after um, Elon Musk said that right now, it's looking like he's going to vote for Ron DeSantis. You know, Ron DeSantis said, "Well, I, I appreciate the uh, that you're go- that you want to vote for me for president, but right now I'm focusing on my race, and I supp- and I accept all the support I can get from African Americans. I that's just like the greatest to own because it's funny. Elon Musk is an African who immigrated to the United States, became a citizen, so he's an African American." So beautiful, so beautiful. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. Um, some housekeeping notes. I, now I'm working on a Patreon account, and as well as the Patreon account that I'm working on, I'm also having some questions about keeping with Podbean, and it has nothing to do with Podbean their service. Uh, they have been absolutely great to me. They've been never had an issue with them you know having an issue with my content uh they've never flagged my they never flagged any of my stuff because of i said something controversial they have never reached out to me and said hey you need to tone it down or else we're going to have to deplatform you uh podbean has been absolutely awesome to work with however i'm kind of looking at some other places and if that happens I may be moving live streaming over to possibly Twitch, um, doing a video live cat live stream and then uploading the audio for on wherever my new platform will be. Um, right now it's, there's a service that works with Patreon that I can, you know, do, you know, the bonus episodes that I'm wanting to do. And have them, you know, I I can have my regular feed. And then for Patreon subscribers, if I do this, they'll be able to get, you know, you know the, the Tyler Morgan Show plus Tyler Morgan Show Gold Edition. Tyler Morgan Show bonus. What, whatever I, I haven't even decided what I want to call the, uh, the subscriber-only content yet. But there's, like I said, there is stuff that I am working on and trying to try to figure out, nail down. Uh, for those of you who have been with me for the last, oh my gosh, well over three years, pushing four years at the end of this year. Um, thank you so very much. Uh, one thing I will do, if you do not want to be a subscriber on Patreon, I understand. However, if you are a person who on the lives, you know, who, you know, goes to a, ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan show and you donate there, whether you do it through PayPal, you know, at the bottom of a relentless staring.com on the homepage. Um, if you donate there, once I have the, once I have everything up and running the way I want for a Patreon, I will, if you are a, if you are a recurring subscriber through or a, a recurring donor through either of those, I will make sure that you get a copy of the uh, of the bonus material RSS feed. That way, you can put it into your, you know, get put into whatever your podcast platform is, and you can listen to you can listen you can listen to the bonus material without being a Patreon subscriber. However, Patreon subscribers they will they will have their 
own. I've got four tiers on there, you know, offering, you know, merch with uh quarterly for certain things, um, for certain tiers, uh, AMA events, uh, live events where it's just subscribers only, uh, shout outs for certain, uh, donation levels, stuff like that. Again, this is all stuff I'm trying to work out and I want to, you know, help grow this. Like I said, if I'm on Twitch, you know, a little, a little extra, a little extra change for, you know, doing better than just my, uh, just my cell phone. and just saying there's things I want to work towards. So again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you are currently subscribed, say on Apple iTunes, I ask the same four things every week. Number one, well, if you, already subscribed don't have to worry about it if you're not subscribed please hit that subscribe button number two please rate this show look for five stars all except four three and below we need to have a talk after you have rated it please review it say something nice embellish don't lie just embellish you know no no one has ever ever said anything bad about someone who embellishes you know it's a fishing story you know the fish i caught was really this big but i'm telling everyone it's this big there's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. And finally, once you have subscribed, rated, reviewed, please share this episode or the podcast in general to your friends. Send it to people who you think will enjoy the show. Send it to people you think will hate the show. I really don't care. I'm just trying to get it listened to. Again, thank you so much for listening every week. And as always, stay relentless. Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7